Hi, and welcome to Touch Lab Share, a podcast about common code sharing with Kotlin Multiplatform. Let's see what's in store for today. You're about to listen to a recording of a Touch Lab Share episode featuring our very own Russell Wolf. Russell is a multi-platform mobile engineer at Touch Lab, and he launched a Kotlin multi-platform library called multi-platform settings over two years ago. In this episode, we talked to him about his motivations for launching an open source library, his experience maintaining it and responding to the community when it comes to feature requests for the library. In the end, he shares tips for any developers or organizations interested in getting involved in the open source community for Kotlin Multi-Platform Mobile. We hope you find this episode useful. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, we're going to uh, go ahead and get started. Um, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Eric Zambrano, um, and, and I'm part of the marketing group here at Touch Lab. Um, thank you for, for joining us today. We're super excited because um, we're going to be talking to um, one of our engineers, uh, Russell Wolf, who's also on the, on the Zoom here. Um, and the topic for today is um, one that's pretty important to, to the Kotlin multi-platform ecosystem. And it's, um, the topic is, is uh, libraries, um, open source libraries. How do you launch them? How do you maintain them? Um, and, and we're excited to, to speak to Russell today because he has actually launched one of the earlier libraries to the ecosystem. Um, that library is called Multi-Platform Settings. I'll, I'll drop a link in the chat in a second here. Um, so in case you're interested in learning more about it, but obviously that's the, the, the purpose of today's um, Touch Lab Share is to kind of go in depth with him around that particular library. Um, so very similar format as last time. Um, if you have questions, please uh, drop them as they come to your mind in the chat and we'll try to get, some, get to some of those questions towards the end. Um, but with that, uh, we'll jump into t- today's episode of Touch Lab Share. Um, so, Russell, if you could just kind of start off with uh, with a little bit of an introduction on yourself and just give everyone on the call some background, that'd be great. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you don't know me, I'm uh, Russell. I uh, yeah do multi-platform mobile development and I go to library. <laughs> uh, yeah, been with Touch Lab uh, for a couple months. Um, been in the Kinky world for um, a little over two years now. And yeah, I guess we'll get to that. Sweet. And, and where are you, uh, where are you located today? Oh, sure. I'm in uh, Boston. Boston. Sweet. Sweet. Cool. All right. Um, so let, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, how did you decide Russell to, to start to work on a library for, for Kotlin multi-platform? Can you give us the backstory and, um, and, and, and the progress to date? Sure. sure. Um, so I, um, started in, uh, it, it's funny actually because, um, the uh, the two year anniversary of the library was a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I had a tweet out about that. Um, so I've been doing a bunch of kind of like retrospecting in general in my head. Um, but the, the story actually starts about a year before that. Um, I was so I've been in in mobile consulting for a while, um, primarily doing um, native Android apps. Um, but the company I was with um, wanted to try a React Native sort of as an experiment with one client in in uh, early twenty seventeen. Um, and I ended up on that project, um, and, and wasn't that big a fan. Um, like, there there certainly were some efficiency gains. Um, there were interesting things about the framework, 
Um, but I found I found a lot of it frustrating. Um, but it got me thinking a lot about kind of what what do I want in a multi-platform framework and a cross-platform framework. Um, and around that time was when the very first um, Kotlin native tech preview came out. Um, so I started watching that at the corner of my eye as well as a couple other things. Um, that was around when like I did some searching, I came across Doppel. Like that was when I first kind of knew who TouchLab was. Um, but I was just kind of like, that was just kind of in, all in the back of my mind um, for a while until um, a year or so later, um, like early 2018, um, Kotlin Native had kind of reached the point where it could plug into the rest of Kotlin multi-platform and it could actually like start to um, build apps with it where you were sharing code. Um, so I, uh, like I've been watching this for a while. Um, I wanted to kind of like jump into something out. So we, we had a, um, a like starter project, like template project um, at the company that I was at. And uh, I did kind of a, a proof of concept um, translating of that into into multi-platform. Um, and one of the things that I did was save some things to share preferences. Uh, so um, part of the story that I skipped was like I'd been uh, watching kind of I was watching kind of the development of of, of multi-platform stuff in general and paying some attention to like some of um, Kevin's blogging and talks and stuff. Um, and in a couple of his his things, he put a, put out a note that like, hey, by the way, we're going to need libraries, um, and it's kind of a great way to to like jump into the open source community, um, and and that really kind of spoke to me. Um, so I I had this thing, um, this this like sample project I was building, and I was thinking about like what's something to componentize, um, and the preferences kind of seemed like an obvious way to go. Um, and like as I was doing that, they um, put out a version of Kotlin Native that you could you could actually like publish um, Maven dependencies, so you could actually like publish and consume the library um, in the same way that, that you're used to on the Android side. Um, and like within a month or so of that, I put the first version out. Of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a part of my my favorite part of the story. I think uh, the fact that everything kind of comes full circle with with Kevin putting out that call it a libraries, and now you're here. Um, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, uh, sure. So 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 kind of explain to us what um, your library actually does. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I mentioned like shared preferences is is the Android API. Um, but basically, it's um, simple key value storage. So you have. Um, Maybe it's like a last updated time or like a username or like, like some value that you want to um, persist in your app across restarts. Um, but it's uh, not so complicated that you need like a database for it and just want to like save one value with a name. Um, it lets you do that. Um, and so early on, it was um, like shared preferences is the Android API that does that. Um, user defaults is the iOS API that does that. Um, so early on, it was kind of those two. Um, that's what I kind of like built the initial API around, and then over time I've added other platforms as well. Okay. Um, so, um, what's the current status uh, of the library? I, I, I know not too long ago, maybe like a week ago, you, you released a new version. Can you just kind of walk us through like what the current status of, uh, of the library is? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just put out version uh, 0.6 um, a little over a week ago. Um, 
which has, has a couple of new features. Um, one of them was uh, um, native Windows support. Um, so a couple of people have been asking me, like I, I started on the mobile side, like a couple of people have been asking about like adding desktop support and you know, stuff like that. So there, there was a, um, a PR for that from kind of last fall um, that did kind of like the early work and then I was able to, to, um, to bring that over the line. Um, on, on kind of more of the mobile side, um, it finally adds some stuff that have been on my to list for a while around um, um, thread safety on the iOS side. So most of the um, most of these are developed APIs um, are are kind of um, like you're you're generally just kind of like doing a pass through, and so like you're you're you it doesn't matter what thread you call it on because it's all being handled on the iOS side anyway, and the the cost of native runtime doesn't come into play. Um, the exception to that is the update listeners. Um, so previously, if you um, like set a callback, so you say, or like what, what the API is, is um, you can set a callback so that when something changes, you get a notification instead of needing to check for it yourself. Um, and that, if you've done that on the iOS side from background thread, or if, you, if you'd update something from background thread after setting the listener, um, that would cause a crash. Um, so I've added some new checks to um, make sure that that doesn't happen, um, which is it's it's opt in because it also forces things to freeze, um, which you might not be expecting, um, but you have the ability to do that now. Um, also added some stuff around the um, sort of configuration ergonomics. So um, most like historically, I've, I've built the API in a way that's kind of tuned towards um, interop. So like you might have um, you might be using, like you're, you're using this in your shared code, but you might also have platform civic code where you want to talk to share preferences or user defaults or local storage or JavaScript or whichever API. Um, so you're forced to, um, in your platform code, kind of pass your own delegate um, at initialization. I'm going to add this, this new module that will do that for you from common if you don't care about that configuration. Got it. Great. Um, yeah, and, and I've also linked to um, a blog post by Russell that kind of walks through all those uh, latest updates that, that he just presented uh, and talked about. So if you're interested in kind of seeing um, the library in its full state, uh, the GitHub link is there. And we also have um, his blog post that kind of goes into more detail around some of those latest changes. Um, all right, let, let, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, walk us through your process for, you know, um, incorporating feedback and requests from the, the folks that are actually using your library. How has that influenced um, the roadmap? And, and, and like, what are some of the major roadmap milestones um, that you've hit along the way? And how, and how do you kind of listen to, to the community to, to make sure that, that you're building something that, that they want to see? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a, a bit tough because um, like feedback doesn't always come very quickly. Um, so like, especially early on, I was doing a lot of just kind of like making guesses based on my needs. Um, so like I, I am a mobile developer, so I started with mobile platforms, um, adding, like adding something on, on JavaScript was kind of an obvious next step. Um, like another, um, another kind of like client side thing essentially, um, that has a similar API. Um, but so, so the, the, the kind of general process I've used is like, I, I, I have kind of like some some thoughts based on my experience, um, and I see kind of what feedback I get, and and that comes from things like pull requests and GitHub issues, um, 
people occasionally reach out to me on either on Slack or, or on Twitter um, and say like, hey, by the way, like it'd be nice if XYZ or, um, or can you add XYZ or this thing doesn't work for me for some reason. Um, so yeah, I try to be, uh, I'm just kind of open to getting that kind of feedback. Have you uh, have you ever gotten feedback from people in person at at conferences or meetups or anything like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've gotten some of that too. Yeah. Um, What's so, it like yeah. meeting people who use your library? It's nice. It's like yeah, it's it's kind of neat to to make that connection because because it's not yeah like I, it's it's not always easy to like I don't have a lot of metrics around usage in the end. Um, but yeah, every time someone goes to me and is like, hey, by the way, like I use your thing, like thanks. Um, is a nice feeling, and it, like it's it's gives you that kind of extra connection too. Um, could you just uh, walk us through like some of the uh, API design and architecture decisions you've made um, along the way? Like what 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 have you learned? Uh, what what decisions paid off? Maybe what decisions didn't pay off? Um, just kind of walk us through the design process of building something that that is, you know, is for the community and, and meant to be open source. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, these are all kind of interesting concerns because like, like the way that you think about API design um, in a library is different than the way you do for an app. Like for, for, for an app you're concerned with, I, like I have my use cases, like I, I know what I need to do like for me right now. And I have the ability to like change that over time. Um, but for a library, you care about being like you're you're more general. Like you you're, it's not just your own use cases. It's kind of the use cases of, of whoever whoever is out there using it, um, and you have more requirements around like you need to kind of keep your API stable. Um, so like one uh, like yeah, so 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 th there's a couple of things that I like that I did early on that I like would do differently now. Um, so some of which I corrected more than others, but like one of them is around the um, expected actual keywords. So um, the big kind of new piece that multi-platform adds to to single-platform Kotlin is is this concept of, of expected actual declarations. So you can say in the common code, I expect that this class or this function or whatever will be there, um, and then in my platform code, I say this is the actual implementation for that platform. Um, and this is like, it's one of the first things that you see in kind of most um, samples and tutorials and stuff. Um, so it's kind of like the, the shiny new toy that, that you want to play with um, right away. And, and it has, like, it's very useful. Um, it, it definitely has lots of use cases, but it's, it's kind of easy to overuse it sometimes too. So um, like my first pass at the settings API was all just like expect class settings, like expect fun, put in, get in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that like that works perfectly well, um, but it has limitations. So if you want to say swap out a different limitation in your test code, um, expect actual doesn't let you do that. Um, and so what I um, end up doing over time is is converted that to um, to an interface, like the same way that you would in in traditional JVM Kotlin. Um, so it puts a little bit more on the user who then needs to kind of supply their implementation, um, but it also gives them the ability to kind of support different implementation. Um, and, and the other thing that that enables um, uh, that kind of happened more recently 
is um, I can publish that interface now to platforms that don't have an existing implementation yet. So if you use a spec actual, um, you can't kind of leave that empty. Um, but uh, with interface, you can. So uh, multi-order settings now publishes to like publishes the interfaces to every every available Kotlin platform. So people have the ability if they're using a platform that that I don't publish that I don't have implementation for yet, they can kind of provide their own. Um, and, and hopefully that also kind of eases the uh, the um, legwork needed if they want to kind of supply that back. If they want to say like here's here's an implementation that you can use and you could kind of add to the library, um, that's easier to do now. Do you do you think there was anything inherently about key value settings that made it a good candidate for a multi-platform library? Um, I think like it it definitely helps that most of the APIs are kind of fairly similar across different platforms. So like you're gonna have like um, essentially like sets and gets that have some key and some value. Um, the like the major differences are around like what types are supported and around like how you handle when when that value is not there. Um, and and, and that, that was another kind of um, like choice that I made early on that I probably would have done differently now is um, I hewed very closely to the Android Share Preferences API, um, which you always provide it with a default value that it will return to you when, when the thing is not there. Um, and that's like that's different than what iOS does, and that's different than than what certain other platforms do, where they might like return null instead. Um, and probably I would have used like if I, if I thought about it a little bit more early on, like that might have been a nicer default. And, and I ended up adding kind of extra get or null calls now that do that. Um, but the, the ergonomics are like it's just like a couple more characters than I like, I guess. Um, I probably would have made that to default if I if I thought about that more early, early on. Um, but it's it's like. It's funny given, like, I, I started with it because, like, these were things that seemed kind of very similar across platform. But um, the more you dig into it and the more kind of other platforms you add, the more you see kind of what little differences there are. Um, and yeah, like, you, yeah, you have to think about that. All right. Um, I want to wanna open it up. Are there any questions from, from, um, from the folks on the call? Um, feel free to, to, uh, to type them in um, or just unmute yourselves and, and maybe introduce yourself and, and ask the question. But I'll give a couple, like, anyone, anyone want to ask something or chime in? Here we got, yeah. I know you have more. Uh, John, yeah. Uh, John, has a question. go ahead. How are you doing? Um, hi, Russell. Thank, thank, thanks for this. is very interesting. Um, I was just curious if you've anything, what you know, anything up next in terms of libraries that you're looking at, or anything that you you're planning on working on. Sure. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't have much concrete in the way of like new libraries that I'm personally working on. Um, I have thoughts about like things I'd like to add to settings. Um, so like I've I've done some partial work around a. Um, like a desktop Linux implementation um, to try to hit all of the, at least like major native platforms. Um, and like there's there's a couple other just like little configuration and other things. Um, like I, I'm, right now it's publishing just to uh, JCenter and it'd be nice to get that on Maven Central. Um, a couple other things, I've, I've, I've kind of prototyped some integrations with, um, with some of the Kotlin X libraries. So like a serialization integration that would like um, 
you could take like any arbitrary class and serialize it to your to our setting store um, rather than to like to JSON or something. Um, and like some uh, coroutines flow integrations with uh, with the update listeners. Um, so some version of some of those will come at some point. 